Yeah. Let's talk, dude. Let's do it, man. We're back. It's been a little bit, bro. It's been a little bit. Yeah. Which is fine. It's fine. Crea- creativity and good combos take time to develop sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes I feel like I also just have to accept the fact that things are not going to go according to plan. Literally. Bro, and we've been hectic, though. Things have been hectic. Yeah. I mean, we're graduating. That just made it so real. Holy shit. I don't think I actually realized the severity of graduation until like this moment saying it on the podcast. It was April 18th, and I was like, damn, I'm graduating in a month. And then pictures popped up on my phone from four years ago. Or we were just looking at um, prom pictures. It came up in discussion. Mm. And prom was four years ago on May 18th. It's crazy. Wow. Happens like that. Literally. We've been through some stuff, though. Um these past four years and i mean i i feel like every podcast now is going to always tie back to our philosophy class that we literally have right before this but um shout out dr cherubini love him he's gonna be on he's gonna oh, ladies and gentlemen he's gonna be on may 5th may 5th he's gonna be on which i'm super pumped for uh but tonight we did a uh, debates we started our debates in class and every you know there's a top you know groups pick a topic and they say their opinion and they you know they conflict um, which leads me into our topic for tonight: conflict. Uh, it's real, man. People are constantly battling inner conflict, external conflict, whether that be socially or, I mean, financially. Right? Like conflict exists, and it's real. And as much as I talk about, oh, like just dance through life and do whatever and you know enjoy the present moment some real shit is out there what's like what's like the definition of conflict i'm searching it up right now uh, i don't know off the top of my head so it's a serious disagreement or argument typically a protracted one or um to be incompatible or at variance clash Hmm. i think it's crazy they say serious like what constitutes as a serious, serious argument? Yeah. Like who is it up to to decide? Oh, this is a serious argument versus this is not a serious. Like, argument. does your voice have to be at a certain decibel? Like, do you have to uh-huh. lay your hands on somebody? Yeah. Like, you know, when is it a con- like when is it officially a conflict? Because I think like con- conflicts can exist in our heads before we. Even, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, before we even approach or engage in conflict with someone else, conflict is constantly existing in our own minds. Like conflict can be making like if. You're looking at the GPS and you don't know to make a left or a right. Like in that moment, that's like a, you have a conflict. Mm. You know, yeah. it's just constant. It's constant. It always does kind of seem like a this or that, though. You know, whether yeah. you're, whether you're in a real life situation having to make a decision between college or not college, or whether you're making that turn on the road, it's always like or. You yeah, know, like vanilla protein shake or chocolate protein shake. <laughs> I'm serious, though. Yeah. If you dumb it down enough, like, everything is almost a choice. But I think conflict gets confusing or more difficult when the choices aren't easy or the choices aren't clear. Mm. Or there's maybe, oh, I think there always is a choice, but I, I think clear is what I'm trying to pinpoint. Because what you think 
might be the right answer is not something you may feel is the right answer. Yeah. And like, analysis by paralysis. When you look at something for too long, it's like, this is the right choice. This is the right choice. And it's like, oh, maybe it's not. Maybe yeah. that's the right choice. And then it's just constant overthinking. And that inner conflict of making a decision is oh toxic. It's so toxic. <laughs> it really is, though. It's yeah. so detrimental on your mental health, your physical health, just your overall well-being. Yeah. Because you're going to live with a burden nonstop until you finally make a decision. But, I mean, if you want to tie it back to hope, the decision's been made, you know, the outcome is going to happen, and you're going to deal with whatever comes. Yeah. Because that's everything you've done in the past. But that's really easier said than done. Oh, yeah. So easier said than done. Yeah. I mean, I think about internal conflict, and I think about two organs, the heart and the mind. Yeah. And what lies in the mind is ego, and what lies in the heart is emotion. Now, of course, like people will argue, oh, well, the limbic system part of the brain deals with emotion. Well, I'm talking like layman's terms. What you feel with your heart, you know, whether you're wearing your heart on your sleeve or you're not, like th- whether you're making emotions impulsively and emotionally or not, versus if you're a logical thinker. I'm doing this because of X, Y, and Z, yeah. and I'm predicting a certain outcome will happen, right? Like, at what point do we just say fuck it and not pay attention to either? You could also bring in like the sexual side of things, mm-hmm. like thinking with your dick. Mm-hmm. It's, there's literally a song that's trending right now. What is it? I'm, I'm just I thinking. It. I'm just thinking with my dick. I'm just thinking. my shit dumb. <laughs> like it's no, but it's true. Yeah. yeah, like there's so many different emotions and like logics that come up, and it's like what, what's the right choice? And I think, I mean, the bone. Self-reflection is key and, like, really reflecting on Mm. what the outcome might be, accepting. Objectively. Yeah, accepting what the outcome might be and just shooting your shot. In terms of, like, a girl you want to hit up or, I don't know, I can't can't think of anything off the top of my head. But at what point is there, like, too much thinking involved and... There's not enough doing because or feeling I f- right or feeling because I think a lot of the times people get so caught up in thinking about what they want to do that they really suffer twice. They think about a problem or a potential problem, and then that manifests into emotion, which manifests into action, and then the action is ultimately resulting in the problem itself. It's almost kind of like, you know, what do you want to pay attention to at that point? And I think. You said it perfectly, but add a little more suffering to it. I don't think it's a number of two. I think it's constant because, mm. again, the emotion buildup, the overthinking, the action itself, and then the guilt you may feel after a certain decision or a certain action. Guilt is tough, dude. It, guilt is made up in your own mind. Guilt, guilt is, is self-imposed, absolutely. But guilt can also feel like you're out of control. Yeah. Like, no. sometimes I feel guilt, and I literally have no idea where it's coming from. I just feel guilty. But it's something that when I deeply reflect on, oftentimes it stems down to, like, my early childhood. You know? Like, getting vulnerable here. Like, like I have a biological dad and a stepdad. And a lot of the trauma that I face as a child 
I didn't know how to process. You know, I, I mean, granted, my stepdad has been with me since I was one years old and, you know, legally adopted me well into my adolescence and, you know, has been my real father, right, ever since. But, I mean, there were some subconscious things going on when I was between the ages of three and six or even earlier than that. And, and you think that carries on with you to this day? No, I don't think so. I know so. I know for a fact. And... The reason I know for a fact is because I'm not able to recall memory to provide reasoning as to how I feel. It goes beyond memory. It's like, oh, I, I can't remember an event that happened to me or for me, you know, that is causing these feelings in my current present situation. It goes beyond memory. It's like, what I dealt with when I was a baby, like my infant mother relationship plays a significant role. I mean, they they know this in psychology and neuroscience, like plays a significant role in how we operate as adults. And at that point, you know, you're looking at not just nurture, but nature too. And talk about it all the time, especially on The Bone, being a holistic podcast, you know, nurture and nature. But it just, it brings me back to like, the problems and emotions and things that you feel constantly every day, they could stem deeper than what you know to be your own experience. But like, how do you find the balance of finding it out and overthinking? You know what I'm saying? Because you could just get so caught up on like, why, 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 why do I feel a certain way? And there's just so much going on in your brain. But it's like, what what's positive for you? Like, what's positive thinking? And what's negative thinking? Mm-hmm. And I think, I mean phenomenology experience I think is the key of figuring that out because everyone's different um I think I've recognized when my overthinking becomes toxic and negative and I've figured out when it is positive Mm. um but that was through some failures or through like getting to a point where it's like like fuck like this isn't this isn't good for my mental health yeah and I kind of rally back up but again, like I'm, I'm aware. Like the self awareness is there yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Like there's so much that plays into it that it's like, you know, just people that aren't really educated. Like I don't. How do you? I don't know. It's tough. It's so tough to find out. I guess you brought up a good point when you when you said our thoughts positive or negative. And I think about like valence, meaning like are they positive, good or bad, or um, when they talk about like positive or negative reinforcement, which is does this add or subtract from my experience? And I think when we think about uh, uh, emotions or no, like cognitions, like intrusive thought or just you know everyday thought that we all have as human beings, the conflict that we feel within those thoughts, if it's positive in the sense that it leads to an action or adds to your life in some way, I think that is good inherently. Like that... that is good. If that's driving an action, then that's good. If it's subtracting an action or you're instilling fear in a sense or you're, you're inhibiting yourself from acting out on how you currently feel, I think that is quote-unquote bad. Now, I'm using good and bad here. I mean, those are judgments, right? So these are also super subjective and are coming off the dome. But collectively speaking, I think that no matter who you are, 
if you're able to continue to move physically, emotionally, um, cognitively, if you're con- if you're able to move, if you're able to get up the next morning and still like something or want to do something, you're okay. I like you know? that. I like that a lot. That was really well said and understandable. Yeah? That was like to the point. I yeah. got that. Like if you're struggling out there with intrusive thoughts or just, you know, things that you don't want to think about, but you're thinking about them anyways because your brain hates you. Um, if if that speaks to you, I mean, I, I urge you to just pause for a second. Take a look and see if there is a memory associated with those thoughts, like, you know, wh- how why that could be why that could be uh, the case or why those thoughts could be in your brain right now. Um, but then to take that a step further, ask yourself, are these thoughts generating action? Or are they subtracting from my experience? And when they're subtracting, that's when it's like, hold up. Mm, yeah. Something's wrong here. Rewind. Yeah. Why are they subtracting? I'm almost a toxic again. I got to relax. <laughs> With the toxic. We're 14 minutes in and I almost said toxic. <laughs> third, third or fourth time. That's all right. That's I mean, my like, new word. That is your new word. But it's carried into, I'm starting to say toxic now too. Toxic. I feel like I, With a certain, toxic. A certain voice. Decibels. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Wait, so continuing on conflict, what would what, what, you outline here, tough guy? I mean, do we like it? Do we like conflict? I think that's love something it. that I think that's something we should establish. I love it. Why? I knew you were going to ask me that. I mean, it's a philosophical question. Why? If you if you want to call yourself a philosopher, you need to ask why. Or maybe, you, you know. Bro, it's like, it keeps me going. Mm. Oh, so we're back to conflict. Back to the question. Conf- yeah, 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 yeah. I just took a sip of water. But uh, I don't know. I think a life without conflict is a boring one. Mm. Like, for me to not have conflict, I think I have to walk through the motions, follow an agenda. I think when I do have conflict, that's when I'm making decisions for myself. For me, no matter what people think about me, like even if it's a conflict of doing a handstand in the middle of the quad, you know, I could walk through the motions and be like, I'm not going to do that. There's no conflict. There's no hesitation. There's not. Okay. Or I could be like, think about it, do it. Or I could completely opposite and just do it. Mm -hmm. No hesitation. Right, right. So it goes both ways. But I think with conflict comes... Uh, interest or like interesting events mm. and like, I, I don't know i like thinking you know like conflict what? stirs the pot exactly i like stirring pots dog i love stirring pots because like conflict brings experience and then mm. a similar conflict might bring a different experience because you choose the other route does conflict create character 100 percent, 100 percent, bro i used to get bullied but like, no, I, I I shouldn't say it like that. But like, my family used to bully me, but like in a positive way. Yeah. But like, not really. Like, childhood trauma. But whatever. It's yeah. Fine. But whatever. But like, they would always say, "Oh, I'm just building your character, bro." Mm-hmm. And like, a hundred percent, they were. Oh yeah. Me I'm too. a tank now, cause like I'm a unit. The freaking purple nerps. Yeah. Back in the day, but like, I don't know. It built my character. Like that. Something as dumb as that conflict. It did build my character. Yeah. But there's been so many other events that have built my character that were 
like legit conflicts I was dealing with. So, I don't know. So, leads me to my next question. At what point do you walk away? At what point do you know that a conflict is beyond building personal character? And at what point do you say, okay, I'm I'm recognizing this situation for what it is, both from your point of view and from my point of view. I'm recognizing that I've grown. I'm recognizing that I've built my and fostered my mental toughness and my personal development, my character, whatnot. And that, you know, with that, when do you say, I'm done? I'm walking away from this conflict. It's no longer, I don't want it a part of my life anymore. So at the same, so bro, same thing. That conflict it's exciting. It's bringing me excitement. Uh, just the intrinsic. Yeah, it's like there. The, yeah. Like, ooh, I'm making a decision for right, myself. Like, right, I'm, right. I'm getting excited. Yeah. But at the same time, 21 years old, I've lived a little bit. And the experiences I've had have led me to accept certain things, reject certain things. And I love myself enough that I know what I want to surround myself with and what I don't. So when I when I feel like my worth is being deteriorated, my self-worth is being deteriorated because of a certain person, because of a certain environment, it's very easy for me to say bye. Very easy. Like, I don't know what... I don't know why that's happened, yeah, yeah. but I just... You know your worth, and you're not willing exactly. to let someone else sacrifice that. Exactly. And I don't know what I went through recently for that to happen, but I've went through it. Yeah. I feel like it t- I should actually put some thought to that. But it's very easy for me to be like, nope, not doing it. I'll just leave. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, I'll just leave. I won't say a word. I'm gone. Mm-hmm. There was a situa- situation recently where I was just... Nope. Left. Yep. It, Instant. Happens so quick. And it feels so good Yeah. to just leave that conflict and not be a part of it. But at the same time, it, it, they create excitement. Is it a Band-Aid over a bullet wound? Negative. Okay. No shot. In your case? In my case. Now, there are cases in which leaving right away could be a form of suppression of emotion. And in that case, if you haven't done the self-reflection and you haven't done the introspection and the meditation and whatnot or the having the conversations needed, at that point, then you could be creating a bigger problem for yourself. Yeah, there's a fine balance. And I think when conversations about a certain conflict or about certain actions that are done by people or environments are had, it's okay to walk away. So when you had an initial conversation, was like, Yo, I don't appreciate that. Let's cut that. Let's cut that out. Or I'll literally say sometimes, like, this environment's toxic. Like, what happens here is not okay. And when that that conversation takes place, people have the decision to act the same way, change, or adapt. And when I don't see that adaptation happening, that's when it's like, deuces, I'm gone. And sometimes... I, it can be bad, but sometimes me walking away, like instead of being a bandage, like a, I put a bandaid over it, it starts the recovery process, if mm. anything. So there's no bandaid. The, yeah, the no, skin's no regenerating. Oh, I see. Because when I go back into that situation, if I'm forced to, then people are like, like, yo, I'm sorry. Mm. They know. Yeah, for the most part. For the most yeah. part. 
But sometimes people don't recognize it and, and they'll continue. And that's when it's like, all right, leave for good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave for good. If it's like repetitive enough. Like I'm thinking, I'm thinking just like a, a bad work environment. If oh, yeah. You, if you're treated a certain way, like day after day after day after day, and you express your concerns and it just continues and continues, that's when it's like, okay, like you could find a new job. You know, yeah. you could go to school for something else or yeah. even even if it's a personal conflict. Like if I wake up one day and it's like, uh, I need to go to work or like I don't get to go to work and that mm-hmm. mindset changes mm-hmm. after reflection or whatever, after that initial conversation with myself, if it continues, then it's like, all right, let's. But you see, people don't have those conversations with themselves, you know, or if they do, they don't have the balls to act on that intuition that they really feel it's risky bro so it makes me think about no like genuinely like my, my next point is i don't know i didn't even have this written down but like it makes me genuinely think about the role acceptance plays a role in the development of conflict and the way that people just like, accept things as norms or accept things that they've just dealt with for so long now and it's still a problem but they've just learned to accept that problem at that point, does that become learned helplessness in a sense? Like, at what I want to, I'm curious. At what point do you think that acceptance plays a role in the continuation of conflict? I think that's when a growth mindset comes into play, and I think that's when self love comes into play. Mm. I, I don't know if I stated this before. We had a conversation, me and you, about this. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but it's like um, the amount that you love yourself, if that, let's just say the level is 10. If you love yourself at a 10. Out of 10? 10 out of 10. Okay. 10 out of 10. If someone treats you at a 10, you accept it. And it's okay. If somebody treats you at a 5, you don't accept it because you love yourself at a 10. Like you realize that that 5 isn't it. Mm Mm-hmm. I think when people love themselves at a five and get treated at a five, at a, at a five, uh, that's, or it's like, I don't know if, if you love yourself at a one and someone, I don't know, loves you at a three, it's still bad. Yeah. But it, because you deem yourself lower, it's like you accept it, but it's negative. Mm. Yeah. I see what you're saying there. Does that make any type of sense? Like, Putting yourself on a scale, on a sliding scale, because that skill is also never permanent either. No, never, you know? never. Because like one day I'm at an eight, one day I'm at a ten. Some days I'm at an eleven, baby, and I'm just feeling myself, right? Uh, but you know, some days I really do feel like a two, right? Yeah. And that's okay too. So I mean, on a sliding scale, if you average out to whatever number that just came to your head, if you're listening, whatever number that is out of ten, if your environment is treating you anything less than that that's when it's time to engage in a conflictive conversation, possibly. And I think it takes a person to get to a 10 before they leave that environment. Mm. So until you have a 10, you don't have the confidence. Exactly. You don't have have the self-worth to be like, self-worth, okay. I'm good enough to do something else. Because once, once you feel competent, that's when it's like, what am I doing here? Oh, yeah. And it's it's kind of like, um, oh, Gabby spoke about it at uh, the leadership she, convention. Yeah. 
Oh, imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Yeah. Like people genuinely believe that they don't they don't belong somewhere. Oh yeah. But they're there, so they're riding with it. Mm-hmm. You know. You know what? Okay, I have like a crazy good metaphor for this. I don't know why I just thought of it. That's like eating at a two star restaurant for most of your life, and then someone randomly coming by and giving you five star restaurant food, and then you get a taste of it, and you're like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, this is what I could feel like? This is what I could taste? And yet I'm settling for two? Yeah, you deserve five-star love. You deserve, everyone deserves five-star love. Everyone. Fuck that two-star love. Baby girls and baby boys, five-star love. Shoot yeah. for it. If Shoot you're not, for it. If you're not getting it, look inside. Because mm. it always roots back to you, bro. Oh, yeah. Like, it's how you view yourself. Because your external, and I'll say this literally until the day I die. Your external environment is a mere direct reflection of your internal environment. First podcast ever, you point a finger, you put it right back. (sighs) Like, I'm not receiving any love below five stars, dude. Yeah. It's just not happening. They're not a part of my life. Again, average, right? Because we, we uh, all, yeah, obviously, bro. We all like treat each other like shit sometimes, you know. We just project mm-hmm. feelings. Yeah, but deep down, bro, I think deep that's down. like that unconditional. That un- it's an mm, unconditional mm, ten mm. or an unconditional five star. Mm-hmm. And until you know what that feels like, you're not gonna settle for anything less. Yeah, bro. But people gotta really. But here's another thing too. People may get that initial spark, feel a ten. And then, like, life happens, like, over 15 years, 20 years, for example. I'm specifically thinking about marriage in this case, but it could be with job or employment or whatever. And, like, that spark, like, is lost. And so, originally, it was a 10. It was five-star love, right? But then it increasingly, over time, became four-star love, three-star love, two-star love. Now you're at one-star love. And you're giving one star love to yourself too. And then you wake up and it's like, damn, I'm stuck. Yeah, damn, I'm stuck. That some some people literally feel that way. They wake up in the morning with one star love to themselves, or they're getting one star loves from other people, and they're like, fuck, I'm stuck. And I think that person that feels like they're stuck and they're out of one, if they could get back to a ten, they'll be like. I'll find a way to pay my mortgage. I'll find a way to raise my kids in a dual relationship. You know, mm-hmm. I'll fi- I'll find a way. But it it takes that love first, bro. You got to love yourself first. I mean, we we just perfectly describe the honeymoon phase, and there's so many mm-hmm. relationships that go through the honeymoon phase. And I don't know if you've seen it on TikTok, but Johnny Depp and whatever the girl that he married, they're going oh. through this crazy lawsuit. And briefly, yeah. Yeah, and it's like he might have felt stuck and like the relationship started amazing and then there were like sociopathic tendencies on her part mm-hmm. of like being controlling, whatever. But like it slowly went from a ten to like a negative five because mm-hmm. negative five is abuse. Like abuse, straight up. Like he like she cut part of his finger off, I'm pretty confident. Oh my god, is that what Yeah, no, <laughs> I it, I it was like that. deep. I oh, mean, shit. granted it's still it's the court hasn't decided yet, but it's like really favoring into her being like abusive wow. Wow. But a movie star with all this money and all this everything all the success still deep down i promise didn't love himself because he literally came out and was like this was way back when when pirates of the caribbean was out and he was like i don't lo-. like no he didn't say that he was like i'm scared mm. i'm fearful like 
he was just randomly wow. said these emotions like on and television in an interview and you see it bro like if, wow. if he if he loved himself a little bit more he probably would have gotten out of that relationship a little bit sooner yeah granted he like he might be fighting demons of course but i think it all stems from that same place yeah, it takes a strong person too to recognize the situation that they're in and acknowledge like how hard it is to climb that hill of finding that self-love again, you know? Cuz although it is hard, it could be as simple as, you know, instead of instead of eating this bag of chips, I'm going to go outside and watch the sunset. That right there. I know it's like super small and people listening may be like, ah, but like that's nothing. That is everything. That is everything. You know, because then watching that sunset, oh, like you held off that urge to eat that bag of chips. Now you may not even be hungry after you watch the sunset. Or if you are hungry, watching the sunset, getting in some vitamin D, reflecting on life a little bit may make you want to eat an apple, make a better choice. So everything, it's a domino effect. One small little action will carry. And the cool part is about the universe and transfer of energy is that once you start to love yourself a little bit more, whether it's how you treat yourself nutritionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, whatever the case is, that energy will radiate. Mm. Your aura, your being will start to just radiate and expand just a little more. Your your energy field, your chi, as they call it in Eastern uh, the Eastern world, your chi will just expand. Your your life force, your energy will just become larger and than you what only it was ex- before. And you'll only accept what's on your pa- on your level, on your frequency. Right? You will only accept what's on that level, what's on that frequency. And you know, it takes a really strong person to not only recognize when someone's not operating on the same frequency as them, whether that's a sibling or or a husband, a spouse, right? Or wife or, or a, you know, a boss or it's a friend, a coworker, whatever it is, right? It takes a strong person to recognize not only that that other person is operating at a different frequency, but to then act on that realization and say, hey, Let's have a conversation. And if it's not a conversation, maybe it's a peace out for a couple weeks. And it's finding yourself. I saw this great TikTok. I can't remember it word for word. I feel like we get our information from TikTok nowadays. It's true. But it's true. I, I saw this really cool thing on TikTok where uh, it was a caricature of this cat. And the cat apparently left all of his friends for two months and found happiness. And the person he was talking to, his friend, was like, you hurt a lot of people. A lot of people missed you. And I don't think you realized the impact that you had. And the cat had a great response and said something like, it takes a long time for someone to recognize that they're unhappy. And it is even harder to act on fulfilling the need to be happy again. So guilt tripping me into thinking about how others think of what my choices are doing. That's toxic. It's so toxic, bro. You know, the cat was absolutely right. If you need to disappear for two weeks or two months or whatever the case is, sometimes you don't even need to explain yourself. But what what did it take that cat to realize that those quote-unquote friends weren't friends? 
him finding or her finding her own happiness. Yeah. Without that, it's just continual. Yeah, it, it took. Well, first it took them to step away. Number one, and number two, that 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 happiness finally was developed and found again. But if we don't pull ourselves back, how are we expected to just let the conflict disappear or let the self-loathing disappear or let the judgment disappear or let the harassment disappear? It's not. It's never going to disappear. We need to pause. We need to we need to ourselves disappear first. Like like this all goes back to the cyclical relationship between you, your, and you. you and you, you and your environment, which is, you know, the the term that you and I coined, oneism. <laughs> that's, that's, back. that's the title of my philosophy paper. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Love it. Oneism, 100%. Oh, I had a thought. It's gone. Thought? <laughs> gone. Gone. What was I going to say? What, what were you just talking about? We are just talking about, like, putting yourself first, disappearing. Oh, oh, I got it. I got oh, it. It's back. It's back back um (laughs) so what i was thinking of is when you do love yourself to a certain extent and like you do walk away from a situation the situation still has to be resolved because you said if you just expect the conflict to disappear it won't so you have to make an action to have that conflict be gone Mm. but usually to get rid of the conflict you have to tell an individual and be like not nah, you're not going to tell them you're toxic but you're going to be like your frequency isn't matching mine the mm. respect i give you isn't being given back to me things of that nature if you tell a person straight up that i feel like the in denial will just kick in Absolutely. And that person will be like, no, 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 no. So like how like how do you genuinely resolve a conflict other than walking away and finding yourself? And like giving both parties time to self-reflect. Well, um is it possible like in that moment? Yeah, yeah. I think there's things that you can do in that moment to help settle. Uh, like, like I'm thinking an argument, bro. Like how do you see both sides of the picture? Okay, number 1, get on the same tone of voice. Mm. That's number one. That's the first thing that came to my mind. If someone is being more dominant with their verbal expression via their tone, that's something that can easily be fixed off the bat. If I'm trying to project my feelings over yours, clearly I'm trying to hide behind an insecurity of mine. So, in order to level the playing field, like you and I are doing right now, we speak cordially and at the same tone. And I'm not trying to talk over you or dominate you in my debate or in my argument or in my conflict. I am simply at eye level with you. That's another thing. So not only your tone, but level. Get on the same level. If you're arguing with someone or you're in conflict with someone, notice your body position. Is someone standing and the other person sitting? Are one person's arms folded? and the other person is not arms folded, what does your body look like? Level your eyes. I f- it almost makes me think, like, every time you have a conflict, whip out a podcast table. Ooh. You know? Yeah, like, bro. I think, like, there could be, like, a conflict table. 
in a household. It'd be like, okay, you sit there, I sit here. This is my chair, that's your chair. We have mics, I don't know, <laughs> whatever. But there's an even tone. We're both speaking at the same tone of voice. Imagine an audience is saying it. Imagine? Yeah, like, be think sick. about it. Like, you're, you're going to act a certain way if you think you're being seen by the public. Oh, absolutely. I, like, it makes me think about um, a, a standard American family of, like, two parents and three children. Two boys, one girl, two girls, one boy, whatever the case may be, right? Or three girls and three boys, whatever it is, right? You have a dinner table or some sort of table set up in your house, and whenever there's a major ar- argument or conflict, everyone recognizes at recognizing that, that there's a conflict. They go to the conflict room. There's a table set up, right, with two chairs, and they sit across from each other, and there's rules, and the rules are level your eyes, level your tone of voice and i think the third thing is delegating specific time without interruption for the other person to speak you need to feel like you're heard in order to move past the situation so i I imagine i'm like picturing this scenario now in my head where they have two parents sitting at a table and you got the three kids in the audience and the kids are just watching the parents have a civil debate or a civil argument. That to me is sick. It's sick. I'm going to look back on this podcast one day. And be like, be like, damn, I need to do that. I need to do that. I've right? been yelling. I've been standing over. Yeah. They're like, yo, think about a teacher dynamic. Oh, true. Think about it. And I, I, there's, there's got to be psychology behind like when a teacher's standing in front of your class, students are sitting, teacher's projecting their voice louder mm-hmm. than a student. Mm-hmm. So there's there's that their uh, power dynamic of like I'm bigger and better and you need to listen to what I'm saying, and then there's situations where a teacher will pull up a desk and become part of mm. like those a class good, talk. Those like, are good classes. Like to see Cherubini in the, in the desk in the back of the classroom, he was one of us. Mm. He was just a spectator, oh, yeah. just like every other student. Like, oh yeah, you're putting a performance on. You're doing a debate for you. Like mm. no no one's yeah. up there right now. Yeah. The moderator, yep. they're not standing up nope. and watching over you. They're they're with you. Mm-hmm. They're speaking at the same they're tone of voice. You. They're, you know what that, I'm saying. I think that's another message that we can push across when we're thinking about conflict is that we're not against each other. We're with each other, mm. and the reason that brings us together is because I want the best for you, and you want the best for me. Not but, always recognized, but that's not always recognized. But listen. There's three things right there that I just touched on. The tone of voice, the level playing field, and the delegated time to talk. Because if those three things aren't implemented into a discussion, then you're going to have increase in intensity of the conversation via yelling and projecting of emotion and possible verbal abuse. Or maybe you have people speaking over someone not giving the other person a chance to speak and at that at that case i mean what do you, are you, are you being really productive in what you're talking about you know are, are you really going to solve any conflict no no in my opinion not at all no and i but even go to the extent that that's a fact even even in a conflict not even in a non-conflict for us to just have like in a podcast oh yeah if you're speaking at a 10 and I'm speaking at a five. I'm not going to feel heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're sitting and you're cutting me off 
every two minutes, that's going to piss me off. Mm-hmm. So, like, even though we're not in an argument and we're just trying to have a conversation, that could still, like, mess oh, things absolutely. up. Absolutely. I mean, the mic's not going to hear me, but if I'm up here and I'm, like, yeah. I'm trying to talk to you, it's a different dynamic. Different dynamic. Like, For just, those who didn't just hear Jessica, that, he yeah, just so stood I, I stood up and, like, looked over Zach. But, like, in that moment, Zach, like, I literally felt alpha. Like, I felt like I was I felt beta lecturing you. fuck. No, but, like, in that moment, did yes. you feel any type of way? I did. I felt f- scared, number one. First thing. When you elevated. When hands. You, when instantly. You, hands my, went out. Dude, because I was down here. Yeah. For those who aren't watching on YouTube, my hands for the last, I don't know, 30 minutes have been under the table. Like, like kind of, like, crossed under, like, right, you know, underneath, like, right on my legs, under the table. As soon as Chesco stood up, my hands came out. And I, my, I my arms, defensive. And, when, and, and when I stood up, my arms instantly, I started speaking with my hands mm-hmm. rather than speaking with my voice. My voice, right. That's, we're on to something there. I, there's there's got to be research on it already. Oh, no, no, absolutely. I'm just saying from a peer-to-peer standpoint. 100%. From our, pers- our co- dude, we're 22 years old. Yeah. 21 years old. Like, how many people our age are having conversations about this? Not too many. And if they are, God bless them. They're special. Hang on to those people. Yeah, right? word. But th- th- this goes with a lot of aspects in life, like work, like cohorts, mm-hmm. like leadership. As a leader, when is it time to sit down and level the playing field mm-hmm. and like let people recognize that you're just one of them? Oh, yeah. You know, we're all on the same team. Oh, yeah. In a in a corporation dynamic, there's there's a boss, but at the same time, we're all human beings. Mm-hmm. I might tell you what to do, but at the same time, we all give each other you the get same sad, amount of I respect. Get sad. You get happy, I get happy. You get you have guilt, I have guilt. You know, you feel frustrated, I also feel frustrated. These are languages. This is not. This goes beyond English, Spanish, French, German, and any other other languages that I missed. Sorry if I missed your language. So many, but so many, <laughs> but they go beyond language. Because emotionality is also a language. And I can look, I guarantee that I can look at you, even if we didn't speak for two minutes, I'd be able to kind of pick up on your energy yeah, a little bit. Yeah, body, body language is called, it's a language. Yeah, it's a, a literal language, yeah. Like if I'm over here tossing my arms about yeah. something, I'm pa- like when I get passionate, I... And, right, and that's not to, and by no means am I saying that being passionate in an argument is not necessary. I think that... Passion is what drives a lot of creativity in arguments, and passion can drive cognitive enhancement, and passion can drive motivation and intensity, right? And feelings of love, right? Especially sexually. So, and, and people need that sexual tension. It's it's needed, right? So I'm not saying to cut out all passion and to sit at a table with your arms folded don't and just be a stoicist yeah. yeah yeah i'm not saying to be a complete stoic right although i love stoicism but what i am saying is that it's appropriate to start somewhere and if it if being stoic can help level a playing field to start then maybe you can start slowly incorporating how to be passionate and use your hands in a verbal argument you know it's crazy like I feel like you just thought like we're onto something, but you just described. I'm I'm bringing this all the way back to the dinner table and the yeah. the conflict table. Yeah, you just described a debate. 
I really did. Subconsciously. Yeah. I kind of did. You just <laughs> talked about a debate. Yeah. Time to talk. Same level. Mm-hmm. An audience. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. I mean, like, yeah, we just we just witnessed the debate. So. And you know, it's crazy when one of the one of the students was speaking in the debate, the the team that won, he was using his hands a little bit. Oh yeah. On the table. He was getting passionate. So he was still able to be in the guidelines of a conversation yeah. and an argument because that's what it is or right. a, a lively conversation. Yeah. Yeah. A lively conversation. And he was able to show his passion, but it wasn't like negative. It wasn't detrimental mm. in the conversation yeah. at all. If anything, it might've helped them win because they saw the passion and they saw how much he believed in it. So yeah. that kind of lets your audience also believe in it. Creates a little bit of a buy-in technique. Yeah. Uh, creates a little bit yeah. of a uh, a sense of urgency because humans love urgency. We love to get things done efficiently and quickly, right? So if, if creating a sense of urgency does that for someone, maybe the use of the hands is necessary. Maybe, you know, a head nod or a, you know... An emphasis on an a emphasis, you know, a certain word. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that is necessary in that moment, but to let that dominate conversation could be distracting, could be a gateway towards verbal abuse or a gateway towards physical abuse mm. and domestic violence. Yeah, I mean, how often do we look at domestic violence and say, "Oh my gosh, they were married." It's never a stranger hitting or assaulting another stranger. I mean, okay, you have those rare cases, but there's a statistic that I don't know off the top of my head, but the majority of domestic violence cases are with family, ones that you love. And what do they have in common? Passion. They're passionate about their love. But how can we be passionate and controlled? In a controlled environment. Read my mind. Yeah. And see, now that we... So this we're talking more so external conflict. Conflict with another person. Yeah. With a loved one, classmate, whatever the case may be. But now, is that conflict table dynamic the same in your brain? So like, you know, like the good the good angel, mm. the devil, yeah, you yeah. know, on your shoulder. Yeah. Are those conversations okay? So give... So you're in a conflict. You need to make a decision. And we thought about like the negative thinking and the positive thinking, and if it drives action, it's positive. Mm-hmm. If it subtracts action, it's negative. Right. Is it okay in a t- like self reflection? I'm not even. I think it's okay. I'm not even asking. I don't know why I said that. To in your own head, you know, close your eyes, mm. good angel, or like it's this side of the conflict, speak their part for two minutes, <laughs> and this shoulder, speak yeah. their side. For two minutes without any interruption, mm-hmm. you know, a moderator kind of you like you in the middle. Yeah, you in the middle. You kind of see both sides of it. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. This is that. This is that. This mm-hmm. is that. Mm-hmm. Another another statement. Another statement. Closing argument. You know, and then it's like, okay, I just had a really efficient and effective five minute conversation with myself, like three people within myself. I think I'm ready to make a decision. And you. Oh my God! Yes, and when it has come time to make that decision, 
you have to go all go in, in. go in, because there's there's minimal guilt when you took a solid five minutes oh, to yeah. really talk, coach yourself yeah. through it. It's when we act compulsively mm. and instinctually. You smacked the shit out of my shoulders. Today. I did. That's on me. It's on me. I was being toxic. So toxic. <laughs> I pinched him. I pinched yeah. him. It wasn't even that bad. No, you you pinched me, and my neurons. Fired. Bro, I was upset. You slapped the shit out of me. My face probably got red. I was probably breathing smoke. I hurt your hand. It did hurt my it hand. It did, right? It did. It did. <laughs> you have a strong shoulder. Whatever. Fuck, bro. But you I reacted. Did. I did. You didn't have good angel, bad angel. You just it went. was complete bad angel. It was devil. Straight. I didn't take five minutes to have that conversation with myself and what to do. Even That's if it was sure. 30 seconds. No. Sometimes it takes... No, no, no. I'm saying, though. I'm saying... Oh, right, right I, I'm right. blowing this out of proportion. Wasn't that serious, everyone. But, like, even if, it's, if, even if it's 30 seconds, like, 10 seconds, okay. Ten, okay. Yeah. Eh, okay. And then it's like, yeah. word, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Because you don't, you don't always have time to... So you're describing, like, a, a little inner debate. Quick. Between... Quick. Pro-con. And then sometimes it's straight reaction. Yeah. Straight human instinct. Yeah. Recent... I, oh, oh yeah. my God. Recent, recent interaction I had, bro. I don't even know how to d- explain it without, like, saying too much. But people really don't listen to this that it happened to. But, like, we learned about it in philosophy, like a, like a sexual assault type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw something happen, and, in like, like that I made the right decision. Like, I said something, and, like, whatever. But, like, I could have kept my mouth shut. I could, But I, I got it. Like, I understood it. And me being in that philosophy class... Learning about it had nothing to do with me saying what I said. Mm-hmm. Nothing. It took me like twenty minutes later to be like, "Oh fuck!" I learned about this. <laughs> like I was, I was clutch. Yeah, I was. I was clutch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but it was instinct. Granted, I think me having four years worth of classes and being educated on it helped me make that decision. Mm-hmm. But like learning about clutch didn't help me be clutch at all in that moment. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah. But there was no angel. There was no yeah, thirty yeah, seconds. Yeah. Oh, what do I do? Yeah. What do I do? No, that was like boom. Right. So like, <clears throat> you know that I guess that just touches on. It's so situational. It's so subjective like to th- your personal yeah. experience. That's a quick conflict. Yeah, yeah. But again, it all goes back down to when you make that decision, you are all in with that decision, and with that, the consequences, whether that be positive consequences, because those exist too or negative consequences of your actions, you are also all in willing to accept whatever it is, positive or negative. Like, I think that's the thing. Like, people will be hesitant because they're unsure about the negative consequences that are going to come of the event or the action that they're going to have. And if anything, bro, that hesitation just makes the people listening or watching hesitate in trusting you. Yeah. Or like trusting your decision. Right. If I'm if I'm in a clinic or if I'm training and I tell somebody to do something, if there's is if there's passion and there's emphasis on what to do, mm-hmm. buy-in, instant. Oh yeah. Okay, I'll do it. But if I hesitate, like, oh, I think you have to do this. This lower back, you said. Oh, I think this, and mm. and, th- and then it's like, uh, when they're doing the workout, you could tell like, uh, they're not. Right, they're not putting their full effort into it because speaking with conviction. Yeah, like if if is important. If they think that you know exactly what you're talking about, 
yeah. they're going to buy it. Like, Grant, I have to put facades on sometimes. Sometimes I have no idea what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. For, I, I know a little bit, but, like, yeah. sometimes I don't know the, the perfect exercise to give. But it's right. like, do this. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Compared to, like... And they roll with it. And, it, and honestly, like, a placebo effect, it usually works because they're just getting their body moving. Mm-hmm. But if I was like, oh... You could do this. You could do this. It might help. But, like, I'm not but completely like, sure. This might be better, but, I, yeah. Yeah, okay. like, you could do that, too, but, like, let's stick with this. Mm. And then, like, what, what the fuck? Ugh, I want to do that fuck? now. Yeah, right. So there's uh, no buy-in. And that yeah. placebo effect is gone. Yeah. It's gone. Because they're, like, in, subconsciously, they're, like, oh, but, like, this is going to work better, so I want to do that. Yeah. Ice and, and heat. Ice and heat, bro. Like, if, if mm. I am passionate and, like, and I'm, like, like, you need heat. Like, you need blood flow. They're going to be like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, ice is dumb. You need blood flow. <laughs> yeah. That person is like, be impeccable with their word. That person mm. is probably going to think for a little bit until they research on their own or until somebody else tells them opposite that he is gold. In that moment. In that moment. Yes. And then if, I, if I'm like, ice, 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 ice he is toxic. Either. Same thing. In that moment, they're going to be like, all right, ice. Yeah. Granted, there's levels to this shit, but. Yeah, I'm just rambling. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, that that makes me think about just like dumb that down into a simple decision in terms of what you want for dinner that night. Oh, we're ordering out, guys. If someone is like gives me like five options, right? Like, oh, we could do this, 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 and this. You know, you hear it all the time. Well, I don't really care. I don't really care what we get for dinner. Sometimes right? I really don't care though. But here's the thing: like, Gosh. at that point, does the does is it like the act of not caring more important or is the act of just literally picking from a hat and saying, oh, this is it. Is mm. that more important to drive positive action? Not positive in terms of good or bad, positive in terms of adding to decision-making or subtracting from decision-making. So it's like, you know, it's sometimes I'm like, I want Mexican for dinner tonight and we're ordering Mexican. If anybody else has a problem, tell me. If not, we're having Mexican. I guarantee you, nine times out of ten, people are going to be like, yeah, I guess we're having Mexican. And they'll all love it. And they'll all love love it. it, But if I'm like, I could go for Mexican or Italian or this and that, you know, it's like, well, now they get frustrated. We're like, well, what do you really want? You know? See, my mother. I love her. Love her. (laughs) My rock. (laughs) That's just a setup. She's got three men in the house. Mm -hmm. Okay? So she's always worried about us. Mama, always worried about Mm -hmm. us, what we want. She could want pizza. Like, she could have wanted pizza for, like, three weeks straight. Mm-hmm. And when it's time to order dinner, even though she's wanted pizza for three weeks straight, she'd be like, pizza sounds good, but we could we could do Chinese. <laughs> because she loves you that much. Because Ma, she's willing. Ma, we're yes. getting pizza. Yeah. Okay? You deserve it. I'll eat it. I don't care. Yeah, you're a gentleman for, for doing that. Fuck. But yeah. but it doesn't always go the pizza route because uh, my dad actually doesn't want pizza that night. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but like no, like if my mom was like, I want pizza, yeah, I would have sucked it up and had a Sicilian slice. Do you think your dad would have been like, no, no, I want Chinese? Bro, no, my my dad is me. I'm a replicator. Like I'm an, a mirror image of my father <laughs> in certain ways. Like he would have been like, oh, pizza, I love it. Yeah, in that because because my mom had emphasis on it. Right, right. But if she was like, ah, oh, pizza, but like, oh, we can do Chinese. My dad was like, oh, damn right, we'll do Chinese. I want Chinese. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and my mom in turn is yeah. like, fuck. fuck. I really wanted I pizza. Really wanted so pizza. tell me you really want pizza. Yeah. 
my mom oh my god mom and dad i'm gonna tell you to listen to this podcast and i know you're listening to this right now but uh man i'm thinking about you guys too like i think it's every family it's every family it's like oh but i want this but i or i you know we could have this but i really want that right well most likely everyone's gonna have their own opinion and they're gonna pick not what you want (laughs) like you know like listen Let's have rotations, okay? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's everybody listen. We're gonna do a dynamic, and it's gonna work for everybody. You got four people in the house, yep. okay? If you order, let's just say twice a month, okay? Every time it's time to order, mom, you're up. Dad, you're up. Brother, you're up. Yeah. What do you want? And it's and it, it there's no. Just what do you want? Yeah, what I do don't you want? care. I yeah. it's your turn. Yeah, it's what your, do you want? Yeah, you know how much power that is. Fuck. It's your turn. It's so stupid, yeah. but it's like it's needed. Yeah, like to be honest, yo. So my parents picked me up from school yesterday, and I was like the guest. Right? It was kind of cool, like you know, being the eldest son, like, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. like being the guest because my brother was there too. And they were picking me up from college, and I felt like a little kid again. Like they picked me up from the day off of school, or they they pulled me out of school for the day, and we we went to dinner. And I'm looking through like my options, and I'm like, like, oh, like this is like great Mexican restaurant that I want to go to. And for like hours before I said that, my mom was like, oh, like TJ Fridays, like that, <laughs> like that'd be a good idea. But in the moment, I was feeling Mexican. I was like, oh, like this Mexican place. And then Evan's like, oh, I don't really want Mexican, you know. And then I'm like, all right, so like, what about chilies? And they're like, oh, I don't really want chilies either. That's too basic. And then I'm like, well, I guess I could do TGI Fridays. And mom was like, yeah, I think we're always going to pick TGI Fridays. So at that point, like, what do I do for someone who, like, it's your turn, but someone who really has an agenda in the back of their mind is going to pick whatever the fuck they want to do. Yeah, bro. But, like, mom, mama, listen. You told me. I'm the guest. When Zach, no, not even. When Zach walked into that car, you got to tell him to his face, make eye contact. Yes. I've been talking about TGI Fridays for the past three hours, and we're going. <laughs> no matter what you say, yes. assert your dominance. You're and, still Mama Bear. But guess what? Guess what I would do in that moment? I would say, Mama, Kay. I love you. Kay, thank you. Thank you for taking me out to dinner. That was 15 thoughts I don't have to think now because I know where we're going to eat. Yes. And I also saved my phone battery from looking at my phone for 20 minutes. Exactly. To figure out where to go. That's 20 minutes worth of conversation. Uh, people just need to like speak the fuck up, man. Conflict. Speak up. Speak your mind. Engage in it. Walk away when it's needed. Speak up when it's needed. Uh, That was a great conversation. Wow. Conflict. Do it. Engage in it. Reflect on it. it. Reflect on it. Good angel, bad angel. Take take some time. Uh, Figure it out. Pause this. Not too much time. Mm. Add to action. Don't subtract from it. Yes. And continue to just do. Just do. That's what we're here for. The bone. Yeah. We talked. Yeah, we did. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.